With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Nick. And you are listening to episode 13 of the Fight Disciples podcast, The Bigger They Are. We look back at last weekend's boxing. We catch up with Paul Smith Jr. Come over with the right hand and I just I sort of thought, yeah, I'll try that. I've done it straight away. <laughs> and I knocked, I knocked him down with it and I looked straight at Ali and winked at him just to say, yeah, nice one, kid. And walked to the corner. And as well as looking forward to UFC 198, we have to discuss the possibility of McGregor versus Mayweather. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Where do we start with last weekend's boxing? We'll start in Vegas. Seems yeah. that that was billed as the uh, the fight of the year. Amir Khan daring to be great against Solo Veres uh, on Cinco de Mayo weekend. It kind of... There's no surprises in no. the result of this. Of course not, no. We've spoke about it many times and we thought that this is maybe the way that it would go. Yeah. I, I thought maybe a little bit later, maybe seven or eight, but you can't argue with that punch. That punch is just something out of the gods. That's boxing. Yeah, of course. And up until that point, I thought Amir kind of pitted himself quite well. He done brilliant. And um, you know what's really pissed me off is all the social media that you've seen since. Of uh, there's so many so-called boxing fans, fight fans that have been on attacking Amir Khan, attacking him. Like you say, so cold though for having a go. Uh, you know, at Canelo, and he, you know he had a go. And we talked about last week's show. Dare to be great. He mm. dared to be great. Okay, come up short. Did we think it was going to happen? Yeah, unfortunately, we probably did. But for the four rounds, he was competitive. I thought Amir boxed great. He stuck to his game plan. For me, it was just when Amir started to slow down that little touch, or you could argue that Canelo did he get too confident? Do you think because he was doing so well? He really was. He yeah, was boxing yeah. well on that back foot. He was around and in and out. You thinking, hey, oh, bloody hell, there's yeah. a surprise on here. It was. Uh, it reminded me, to be honest, when it, it did exact second it happened, I thought of Carl Flotch knocking out George Groves. I thought that the exact same type punch, do you know what I mean? Just one shot and gone, just that big overhand right, right on the button, and it's in your out of there. I thought Ami was great up until that point, but as I say, the start of that round, I was thinking, you know, he's, he's getting closer now. He seems to be getting closer. Yeah. I don't know whether that was Ami slowing a little bit or Canelo getting his feet a little bit closer to Ami, you know, trying to figure them out, if you like, getting that little bit. Uh, closer to get them big shots off, but uh, but either way, hey, that's boxing, you know. Yeah. We and we said about we talked about it last week on this show, and we said regardless of what the outcome is, respect to Amir Khan because he's and stepped still up and he's having a go. One hundred percent, he got yeah. sparked out, but still 100%. respect him. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it doesn't it was, annoy me. It was that. tough. It was you, tough to watch, wasn't it? Well, you get you get like you say, you get on social media and you get all these keyboard warriors going, ah, "I told you so," and all this type of stuff. Well, we we told you so. Exactly, we said yeah. that that would probably happen, but yeah, we still yeah. sit here and go. Flipping out, mate. Fair play, lad. Exactly. And th- half them keyboard warriors, Adam, as well. You know, <laughs> they've never laced up a glove in their lives. Yeah. They've never even hit a bag. 
never mind it's an opponent mm. or felt what it, it's like to be hit by an opponent so for anyone out there that's even listened to the show that criticised Amir Khan I beg you go back and watch the fight again and have, think of it as the broader picture what Amir Khan was trying to do in it this whole thing yeah. you know we talked last week we said this is his legacy fight he's chasing a legacy fight and he maintains that and last week I said if he loses the Kell Brook fight's there for him but now he's saying doesn't want Kell Brook and you know what I think he's right because he's still four levels above Kelbrook. He mm. doesn't need Kelbrook. What is next then for him? Because what else is there at his weight division? There's obviously the rematch with Danny Garcia, which is what he's pushing for, which I'd like to see. I'd like to see a fight with Timothy Bradley. I think that's a good fight for him as well. Yeah. There's big fights out there for Amir Khan. It's Kelbrook that's still at the bottom this is, table. Well, this is, this is the shame, for right? scraps. This is the shame, because I love Kelbrook. I love the way that he goes about his business. Uh, however, nobody will fight him in order to give him the opportunities to step up in those levels. He needs at least two big names, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, there's rumours that Jesse Vargas is going to be one of them. For us as purists, oh, that's nice. Of course. But for the man on the street, who's Jesse Vargas? Google him. They're going to have, I mean? to, they're gonna have to Google him. If, I, I know you know, he's a world champion, but they are going to have to Google him. You're gonna, you need to go and get Danny Garcia. You need to go and get Timothy Bradley. And that costs money. Of course. Eddie Hearn has to put his hand in his pocket in order to get that fellow, whether it's here or in the States, they've got to make that fight happen. If you want to, if you want the big, big money fight of Amir Khan Amir at some Khan. point, exactly, and that's the only way you'll get Amir Khan is if by Kel Brook makes himself the next target for Amir Khan. Right now, he's he's waiting for Amir Khan to choose him. If you like, he can't wait because Amir won't choose him. No, Amir won't come back here. If he does, it'll be a retirement fight. It'll be his last fight, and it'd be hard to because there's no money in it. There's, exactly. no, there's no massive money. He's just made nine million quid and got knocked out in the sixth round. Yeah. Why would he come back and fight again? Exactly. This doesn't make any business sense. a couple sense. of million quid, potentially on pay-per-view Not even a couple of million UK, quid, would it be? I don't know. If they did pay-per-view in the UK, it might generate somewhere in that region for Khan at least, but it would be Khan getting the rich, pay- the big pay, it's not Kel Brook. Mm. But because it was on British time, the Americans wouldn't take it. They wouldn't take the card. Mm. They wouldn't want to build it. They couldn't put it on pay-per-view. And Amir Khan, we've talked about this before, Amir Khan is a pay-per-view star in the United States. Kel Brook is unknown in the United States. That's a fact. Yeah. So, right here, right now, it's the for me, the emphasis is still on Kel Brook. It's still on Eddie Hearn to get Kel Brook a big fight that catches Khan's attention, that catches the attention of the American the paying States. public. That's it, yeah. Because that's the only way he's going to fight Amir Khan. Amir Khan ain't going to come back. I don't think he can come back and fight in the UK. Mm. If he does, it'll be his retirement fight. Bolton Arena just wants to sign off and that's me just as a thank you to his fans. Otherwise, he ain't going to fight here no more. Mm. He's making too much money fighting in America. No, absolutely. Uh, one guy that is making uh, a bit of noise and who knows, he might one day get his opportunity to fight in Vegas especially when he puts in performances like he did against oh. Ismail Barossa at the weekend this is unbelievable we move from one um, sadness I suppose in Amir Khan not being able to pull off daring to be great Yeah, but what about Anthony Crawler <laughs> Jesus man I best mean, lightweight on the planet we, well, we, we, we put that out into the ether last week if he yeah. came through it we, we thought that he would be classed as the best lightweight on the come planet come through it though come through it in the way that he came through it was unbelievable we tipped last week both of us said if he's still there at 8 he'll win the fight down the stretch yeah I did Jeez, to, to win it in the way that he won it is yeah. just absolutely sensational. Do you know something? When we spoke to him last week, I kind of, the way that he answered a particular question, I thought in my head, his tactics are going to go into the eye of the storm here. He's not going to get on the back foot like we thought Khan would do. Yeah. He's going to go, he's just going to take the bombs and try and break the kid's heart. Bloody hell, did he break his heart? Four yeah. rounds, he's gone. That was exactly, it, end yeah. of. 
he just literally punched himself out, didn't he? In Anthony's arms and elbows and high guard. It was a masterful performance. And I've got to say, you know, last week we put a lot of emphasis on the fact that there was a lot of pressure on Anthony, but also Joe Gallagher. You know, the last time they had a big fight, it didn't work out for them at the With same Scott arena. Quigg, yeah. Scott Quigg got beat by Frampton. Tactics look wrong. Jeez, tactics were right this time around. You know, hats off to the whole camp. But uh, I thought he was You've got to be a brave boy, though, to implement brilliant. those tactics, haven't you? Exactly. To be able to stand there for four rounds you need and take massive bombs. Listen, we all know that Anthony Crawler's a brave kid. You know, he's got a lot of heart. We knew that anyway. But to stand there and go to the guy, right, tee off on me. Go on, tee off on me. Because that's basically what he did. It was almost like rope-a-dope. Yeah. At times I was like, get off the ropes! Move, move, <laughs> Anthony, move them legs! But it t- the tactics were spot on. They let yeah. Barossa come forward. They soaked up his best shots. And he, he basically punched himself out. He, he, he'd gone there convinced he was going to knock Crawler out in the first four rounds convinced yeah. of it mm. and it seemed like he'd only trained for four rounds because he knew all he got to do was land on this kid he'll go he's locked at his record oh Denny Matthews knocked it he's had a couple of losses on his record and all I have to do is catch this kid he's going to get knocked out he's got all these people in his ear probably people in the UK as well since he came to London and everything else and mm. oh you're the next big star and oh Crawley you know he's he's a little bit damaged good but oh, I'll tell you what Anthony perfect fight perfect performance and then to do him with a body shot as well. You know, that's just... For someone with an undefeated record like that kid had and so many knockouts to knock them out yeah. is such a statement. Because he was he was the guy no one at Lightweight wanted to fight. He's the most dodge man in the division. And when Crawler said, I'll do it, he's me mandatory, I'll do it, we all thought, oh, Anthony, no, keep hold of your belt, make some money, don't do it. But tell you what... Make some money, I'll tell you something. Woo-hoo! Next time out... Whoever it's against, he's going to make a, he's going to make some money. But if it is Terry Flanagan, and the rumours are very, very strong now, yeah. Uh, Frank Warren's chucked his hat in the ring. He said, "Listen, I don't care. We'll give it up. He will put Terry Flanagan on a Sky Sports bill rather than on a Box Nation bill. Yeah. If that fight gets made, we're talking two lads that are going to make one point five million plus easy well, hopefully, in the UK. Hopefully, yeah. No, hopefully, it's a pay per view fight. On. Come on, it is, isn't it? Yeah, but you'd like to think so. I don't know, you know, how big Crawler is the big draw now. I don't know. Because of his Box Nation background, I don't know how big Terry is in terms of a lot of boxing fans. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So with the casual fan, with the casual fan, yeah. So I think it it, it would have to do boxing. It'd have to do pay per view on Sky to make some serious money. And the problem then is it's building a card around it. Because one thing I will say is the card on Saturday night was bloody awful. It was absolutely awful. I was really disappointed. Um, that's no, that's no disrespect to the guys that were on it from that we know. It's their opponents, is what you're referring to. Aren't it, they? it is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was full of rising talents. It was full of kids with massive potential. Mm. A couple of title fights on there and whatever else. You know, I'm not knocking them, but the people in the opposite corner were poor. You know, for me, there was only one fight on Saturday night, and that was Collar. And the mm. rest of the card, pff, you know, I could have told you he was going to win before the night even started, and that's disappointing. And then the other thing was they they stopped it. At the arena while they put the fight on from Germany. Yeah. Which, and which at home, if you're watching on Sky, it's great. You know, you're live in Manchester, you go to Germany for the heavyweight fight, you come back to Manchester, brilliant. But if you've paid 40 quid or even more, 200 pounds to sit ringside in Manchester and they go, right, okay. For an hour. We're now going to go to a broadcast in Germany for an hour. Uh, here's a four rounder with yeah. two young lads you've never heard of. You'd be mighty peeved, to be honest with you. And I think that's something that Eddie's got to address because. I've spoke to Eddie here in the past, and he's always said how jealous he is of the UFC broadcasts. He said uh, he goes to live UFC events, and Eddie said, "Oh, no one does it like the UFC. You know the, the way they put the drama around it, the stories, the, the fights are so quick, the fights are so competitive." And he's right. And boxing is a different animal. You can't 
boxing doesn't work like that. But Saturday night, that was that was like the worst of the worst. You know what I mean? You've got to give us a little it's bit. It's a good more. job. It's a good job. Crowley did what he did. Otherwise, it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? There would have been a, a if lot that of negative towards it. Yeah. And the other thing for me is, great night for Anthony Crowley. Great night for Manchester. But the arena was half full. They had the heavy curtains down. It wasn't. It wasn't. For, or even open for capacity it was open for half the capacity that's only because for a fight like that for a fight like Crawley you want it bigger that's because the undercard though, but that's what I mean if the, if the undercard is stronger you know look at look at Goodison Park with Tony Bell you yeah, on. fair enough what's he done what's Eddie Hearn done he's packed it with scousers who sell tickets Tony Dodson David Price Stephen Smith Paul Smith's on it as well now but there you go so they're all on it because he knows the whole city even if you don't like Tony Bellew because you're a mad Liverpool fan you think I'm not watching Nevertonian There's five, I've just named five Liverpool Liverpool Price, lads yeah. there you go oh but I love Price and I love the Smith brothers I'm gonna go I just don't think Crawler got that support on Saturday night Basically, if you bought a ticket for Manchester on Saturday night, you were going to see Crawler, or because you're related to one of the young uprising yeah, yeah. stars on the card, because there was nothing else competitive. And for me, that was the disappointing thing about Manchester. But take nothing away, you know, Joe Gallagher, Anthony Crawler, poor boys, he's the best lightweight in the world. How amazing is that? No, sensational. On that undercard, Martin Murray came through his quite comfortably. He's obviously yeah. now got uh, George Groves coming forward. We're dead excited about that. Uh, but also, Paul Smith uh, Jr. was back in there blowing a little bit of uh, ring rust off. And I managed to catch up with him after the fight. Um, he'd actually taken Monday off, you know, to go fishing. So I interrupted his fishing trip. <laughs> Here he is. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. There's a lot of confusion with me being on early, to be honest with you. I, I, the Liverpool show, I was meant to fight on the Liverpool show uh, three weeks ago when my brother boxed uh, Callum for the European title, when he won the European title. And I, I was feeling a bit under the weather in the week before mm. the you know, before the fight, but I thought it was just a little bit of cold, you know, man flu or whatever everyone gets. And, but it'd be gone by the time the fight comes. And when when... We spoke with Matthew and they said, you know, we're, we're trying to sort the running order. And obviously, I always just say, you know, because I'm only doing the six rounds or something, I'll help Joe out or help the lads out by going on first and get out your way, you know, so you can just concentrate on the main event, whether it be Callum or Crawl or anyone. So, except for the Liverpool one, I'm feeling under the weather anyway a little bit, you know, I, I see how I am on the, on the Saturday. Just put me on early, get me on quick and get me out of there and I'll be done. So, they did and I obviously pulled out. So they just thought I wanted the same again this time, which I didn't, because I feel great this time. So I wouldn't have minded being on telly this time and being on a bit later on, so my fans and my friends could get to see me. But, you know, it wasn't to be. So they, they just they thought I was in the same frame of mind and put me on first, which, I, no, I had no problems with, to be honest. It was, it was half empty, well, more than half empty yeah. arena. But I did that on my debut anyway, and I had a little well, I was gonna say, in there with all my fans, so it's not new to me, really. I was going to say, it's been a long time since you've been right at the start of the bill, mate. Did it feel a bit weird? It did, yeah, it did, but like, I had to hear everyone, I had to hear every last thing, and <laughs> it was funny because, you know, with no disrespect to the opponent, you know, I was, I was comfortable in there, and the opponent would have come and had a good go, and he obviously could have beat me on his day, but it was a it was a case of, I was looking for some shots and trying to relax and just take my time and go through the motions and, and just look the part and just ease into yeah. it, you know, first fight I've had in, in, in two years with no pressure, and... I'm not fighting a world champion in front of me and I'm not fighting someone who can take me head off at one shot really so I just took my time a little bit and then I had that Liam you know jab low come over with the right hand and I just I sort of thought yeah I'll try that and I've done it straight away and I knocked, I knocked him down with it and I looked straight at Liam and winked at him just to say yeah nice one kid and walked to the corner and then like the next knockdown I could hear everywhere that Stephen was saying and I threw the same shots he said I knocked the kid down again and then 
it's like you can hear every last word. You can hear the pins up in there because it was so quiet and so early. But it's a nice refreshing change, you know, to me last few fights. And it's the first time I've boxed in England for two years. Mm. In Britain for two years, I've been in Germany twice and on the States over the last over the last 18, 19 months. And, and I've had a bit of time off as well. So good to be good to be back. Do you find it hard to motivate yourself against opponents like that when you've been in with such top boys as you have been recently? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I was laughing. I was laughing and joking in the ring with with Joe and, and, and with the lads walking to the ring and it doesn't mean I'm, I'm not taking it serious I'm taking it very, very serious but just before I go in the ring to spar with Callum Smith Callum Johnson Jose Burton yeah. top fighters like, like that and, and, and the, like, Liam Smith world champion or the lads in our gym my brothers I'm laughing and joking anyway so and we still get top work done so it's not about uh, being motivated no, I certainly was motivated because it's a fight at the end of the day he's in front of me trying to beat me and if he does beat me I'll go wrong or go bad for me so you know, there's no problems on that front but it's nice to, to just do it relaxed wise I did have a weight limit to it I had to be under 12 stone 6 I weighed in 12 stone 4 and you know it was, it was good not to like have to get down to the very ounce or the fights off mm. and this and that and then the next day you know you know, you don't have to go to a 12 round war with this top class of ball, you know you might just go out and relax enjoy yourself in front of the in front of the, the, the paying fans and, and, and give them a bit of a show this is going to sound a bit fruity now, mate, because I said this to Crawler last week because he's looking in great shape. You're looking in the best shape that I've seen you for a long period of time. Are you feeling it? Are you doing, are you doing something a little bit different in your training? I, I am, you know. The only thing I'm doing different in, in my training and, and my nutrition is that I'm, I'm eating a hell of a lot more. And it sounds daft, you know, boxing. I'll have one of them diets. Chuck one of them up. Boxers like me, we kill ourselves <laughs> for, for years and years and years not eating things and... and holding back on foods and cutting back and trying to get by on like 1,200, cal- calories a day. And it's no good. I'm eating the over 2,600 calories every day. No, I don't even count wow. the calories. And, and I'm, I just monitor everything I eat. And I'm, I've, I've got a good plan. Some, some good people have, been, have got together and I've picked a few brains. And I've just tried doing a thing a lot different. And mm. the, old, the old cliche of stopping carbs or lowering carbs, like, you know, it's a, a load of nonsense, really. It doesn't work for an athlete. And finally found something that works but what the, the key to me being in the shape I'm in now and in the good shape that I'm in now is I've, I've done in six months what I usually try to do in six weeks Yeah, and that, that's the thing with boxers and Dean Powell God bless him an old, fellow, an old mate of mine who died a couple of years back he used to say you know, you can't do in eight weeks what you need to do in eight months and it, it is saying and that's I've had the last six months just chipping away eating well eating right no junk you know just, just, just being sensible and Instead of having cheap months, now I have a cheap day or a cheap meal. You know what I mean? I used to have a cheap month and go missing and go to booze with my mates. And have, have, have a few pizzas and bits of food with my missus. And I'm, I eat healthy now and I look, I look forward to getting back in the gym. I mean, I've, I've, just, I've had the day off today fishing. I think I want to go back in the gym in the morning again, you know, but my food still stayed the same. When you have a performance like that at weekend, all right, there's levels between you and the lad that you were fighting against, but when you have a performance like that, obviously confidence starts to come back. Do you get straight on to Eddie and say, right, come on, let's get me right back in there? Yeah, well, I already had, and I knew I was going to be fighting in Goodison if it came to that on skate, but, you know, I don't like jinxing myself. I don't like being disrespectful to an opponent or anyone by, by mentioning it. So I didn't really mention it, but I think it was no secret that I was yeah. going to be on the Goodison show and, I've got Joe straight on to Eddie and I don't think Eddie's too happy having, having to pay me twice in, in, in a month <laughs> to fight but at the end of the day you know I, I need to get active and I had three hard fights on the bounce with Arthur Abraham and Andy Ward mm. to, to you know, world titles and I think I deserved a bit of a layoff. my wife had a, a little daughter and, and I enjoyed that rest and then I've got back in and I think I deserve a, little, a couple of a gimme fights you know a couple of 
fights where I'm expected to win, I'm expected to come through just to get back on the horse again. You know, the likes of you know, other fighters have had I've had them, I'm not even gonna name them, you know, it's not I'm not having a go with them, it happens, that's that's what happens in boxing. Mm-hmm. When you lose a fight you have a comeback fight. And my my comeback fight was Arthur Abraham again and then my comeback fight after that was Andrew Ward. Yeah. So I think now I'm in, I'm entitled to fight a, a couple of lesser fighters just to get back up there in the rankings, to get back up there ready in, in contention for title shots when they come. Regarding the wages, mate, if you get your head screwed on, you can uh, probably get a Sky deal as well to be the pundit for the rest of the night for the Bellu night, couldn't you? <laughs> I've just been sent out this morning to <laughs> contract for the year. And, and the, uh, I'm on yearly contracts at the minute until I retire, and when I retire, I'll get a full-time one. But I've literally just this morning been emailed it and, and got to send through the post, so... I'm happy today, you know, if it goes to show the air, they're happy with what they're hearing and what they're seeing, so I'm not talking too much rubbish. <laughs> Last time we spoke, we spoke about Felix Thurman, obviously you having a bit of a private chat with him and maybe setting something up, obviously. With what's happened to him recently, that throws a bit of a spanner into the works. Disappointing, obviously. Yeah, very disappointing. You know, he's, he's failed the drug test. and A, it's messed up the chances of me fighting him for the world title, but B, it's... it's Disgusting if if he if he's done what mm. they're saying he's done and he's taken what they said he's taken because you know I'm I'm a big advocate of clean clean boxing and a clean sport mm. and I can retire in a few years time and and look myself in the mirror and know that I never put it in my body I shouldn't have I never took it and never put it in my mouth that that would have would have been on a on a banned list on a banned substance list and you know every time I've been treated by doctors at, at you know at the England camp at my, my gyms in Manchester, Bolton or whatever it is, or when I've gone into Melwood and they've helped me out, everything's been checked and that whatever, whatever's been prescribed and whatever they've given me, whatever doctor has always checked on the list. Mm. No, it's not on the anti-doping list. You're okay to take that. We have to do that. I know I can't take fixed nasal sprays because they show up something similar to either speed, cocaine or ephedrine or something comes up on wow. one of them. So I know I've never been able to take one of them. I suffer with a bit of sinus congestion now and then, but I can't take it for it because it's on the list. So... I know things like that. So if you're t- if you're stupid enough and naive enough to take something, then more fool you. But if you're doing it to cheat in boxing, then then you should be banned for life. I've said this for ages, and I know the likes of Tony Bellew and the rest of our lads are all big advocates of it yeah. as well. You know, I'm fighting against you. You could kill me. Yeah. It's not like you're in a race where you can run a bit faster than him and win a medal. You know, you could kill me, and I couldn't look anyone in the eyes if I did it anyway. But if if something happened to someone and they did fail a drug test, then they'd be arrested for, for manslaughter, yeah. murder, whatever it may be, because it's 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 not fair. It's not it's just sport at the end of the day. It's it's it, it is a way of life to somebody to sport, you know, and you try and do the best you can naturally and clean and do it right. So the fact that Felix Dam's done that, it's messed the chances up for a big fight for me. But on the plus side the title may now be vacant and mm. and there's a chance that I can, I can fight for the vacant title against someone or someone will go and win it and I'll get a defence of that title but it's a long road back for me. I need, I need to keep winning, just keep getting a, a few fights and just, just stay active all the time. But the, the back to the, the nutrition and the diet side and the fitness side and the shape yeah. of me at the minute is because of that. I've been in the gym non-stop now since October. I haven't had a rest and I won't be having many rests either. I'm having the odd day off your day and I'm back in. Well, when you say long road back, obviously you must look at the eliminator that's coming up between Martin and George and you think to yourself, yep, yeah, I'm at their level without any shadow of a doubt. I should be on that level. You, 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 when you say a long road back, you, you're probably thinking within 12 months, aren't you, of being back at that level? Oh, no, that, that is, yeah, that is the long road for me, 12 months. You're right. talking years. I don't think I've got years, but yeah, of course, I look at Martin and George and you know, I was meant to fight. I, uh, there was a fight mentioned with Martin. I've yeah. boxed George, obviously, and I've boxed George again. It's, it's like, I, I, am, I am on that level with them and I am wanting the same things as them. They're having an eliminator. It's not a final eliminator. Yeah. I can have an eliminator myself, you know, and, and 
if the title becomes vacant and we've both won one, then we can, you know, the two winners can fight each other for the title, or you know, they can go and win the title, and I'm here for the first defence in, in a British showdown against against whoever wins the, the belt. Um, there's no guarantee and they'll fight for the belt either. There's, there's two Germans there who yeah. want the belt, and because I've boxed in Germany twice, they want me to go over there and fight them. And you know, I've already been that's already been spoken to about with me and, and with my team. So there's a lot of options there, and there's a lot of things on the table, and that's because you've you've been there before and, and, and boxed at that level before and boxed in type of fights in Germany. You know, I don't need selling now in Germany without being too big-headed. I can go over and they know me as, as, as the boxer who boxed out today. But I'm over there, so they know about me, they know about my story. And You've got your lederhosen, mate. Fight. You've got your lederhosen. You, you speak the language. <laughs> You've got the gear. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a couple of words. That was it. <laughs> uh, just before I let you go, mate, every time um, I speak to... Any athlete on here, we tried to do. We tried to talk about something just a little bit off piece. Last time it were about your pigeons. Um, yeah. This time, um, I didn't realise that you used to do a bit of DJing. Yeah, I did, and I still do now and then. I yeah, I know because Butler told me. I saw him in the lift. He said, "Yeah, I'm doing a gig tonight. We, uh, Smigger, we're doing a little bit." And this was about about two months ago or something. Yeah, that was like a, I think it was a Quads and Park one, like an old mm. classics one, and that's the type of stuff I like. You know, I'm no spring chicken myself, so I don't really get on all this modern modern stuff that's out there. But <laughs> you know, I like I like my music. I always have done, but I like the DJ. It's a good little break. It's a good little release and. A good little uh, chance to get out there and, and not not get up to mischief by by drinking and getting into trouble. Have you still so got, got Have you still got like decks and stuff at home? Still got the gear? Yeah, I have. I've got I've got a set of uh, I've got a set of turntables down in the basement. I've got a got my snooker table up there. But I've got a little set of decks in the corner. I've got some Technics and that. And uh, I'm gonna get a set of CDJs and put them in there as well. But the neighbours and uh, the neighbours will end up killing me. <laughs> Some serious egg boxes need down there, mate, to insulate it, pal. That's what it is, keep the noise out. Uh, Paul, welcome back, mate. Superb to see you uh, doing the thing at the weekend. We're looking forward to the 29th. Uh, obviously, it's a massive night for Liverpool boxing. That I mean, it's, you must be incredibly great. proud to be a part of that as well. I am. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm a Liverpoolian, I'm a Red. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of Bellew, my mate, that he's got his opportunity at Goodison. What a... What a what a chance he's got, and what a, what an experience he's going to have. You know, mm. imagine me or Price or our lads walking out at, at Anfield with all reds. You know, it, it doesn't get any bigger than that for you. He's a he's a he's a lifelong bad blue, <laughs> and uh, he's getting the chance to walk out to Goodison Park, and, and what, what an achievement that'll be. And it'll be great to be on the undercard. You know, as a red, I don't I don't care. I'd love to to, to fight at Goodison. I've played football there. In a charity match, Bellew was on the on the Everton team. I was on the Liverpool <laughs> team with uh, Ian Rush, J- John Barnes, Robbie Fowler, Jan Moby. And it was just like the weirdest thing yeah, I've yeah. ever been through in my life because I'm terrible at footy and I'm shouting "Rushy, Rushy, pass the ball!" <laughs> or you know, kid, fellas I grew up like absolutely idolising and had the name on the back of my shirts and that ends up shouting, "I'm asking for the ball!" And that was absolutely terrible. But to be at Goodison then was great, but then type of people and to fight that there would would be even better. So. I really can't wait. It's a massive event for the city, and I hope everyone gets behind Bellew and the lads. You're going with red shorts, aren't you? You've got to wear the red shorts. I'm going to have a bit of red on my shorts. I'll never change my colours. I wear black and gold with some yeah, but I've got to have a bit of red flash. <laughs> Good lad. Nice one, mate. Get back to the fishing. I'll leave you Cheers, to it. Dan. Thanks, mate. Cheers, pal. See you. Bye, mate. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Top boy, Paul. Good to see him back in doing his thing. Yes, all right, the opponent was a nobody. Yeah. Uh, but he needed a little bit of a loosener, get, uh, of get his sharpness back. Um, There's someone you've been fighting at the level Paul Smith has for the last 
18 months, two years, he deserves, you know, mm. a, ch- a break. You know, he's got a young family. He's a cracking guy. He just deserves a little break. He's having a little break. He's had his comeback fight now. I'd expect him to step back up again in the, on the on the Tony Bell. Yeah, he's on May 29th. He doesn't have an opponent yet, but again, it'll be another six rounder, I've no yeah. doubt. And then, um, as we alluded to in that little conversation there, he is on the level of Martin Murray. He's on the level of, of George Groves. Hell yeah. So he'll look at that fight and think to himself, I fancy a piece of that. Yeah. Well, the winner of that fight will certainly be, uh, be be looking for chasing for their next world title shot. And mm. you're talking about three guys there that have all had a couple of world title shots and just come short. So, mm. you know, Paul Smith's 100% in the mix to face look, the winner. Do you not reckon he looked really well? Paul? Yeah, he's lost yeah I thought he looked great. He looked like he'd lost a bit of timber, yeah. got himself in real good nick. He just looked like he, the weight of the world was off his shoulders a little bit. I think he's yeah. had so many big fights back-to-back, so many intense fight camps back-to-back. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I think I think he just looked like he was back to his old self a little bit, yeah. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we move on to uh, UFC 198 uh, in Brazil this weekend, let's have a quick look back at uh, the Rotterdam card. And, well, there's a few headlines, actually, because I actually thought the card was really, really good. Yeah, it um, was. Especially the main event. Great to see uh, the home fighter, Mr. Overeem, do the business in front of his home fans yeah. in such a sensational fashion as well. Um, in your opinion, does that line him up now for a, a title uh, shot at maybe the guys that are fighting this weekend in Brazil? I think so, yeah. From what, what we from reading between the lines of what Overeem said after the fight, he's been promised that he was going to headline a card in Holland and then if he came through that he was going to fight for the heavyweight title at the end of the year in New York in New York so whoever wins this weekend between Vadum and Stipe Miocic out in Brazil will more than likely unless a heavyweight produces some kind of sensational performance in the meantime yeah. which could scupper it and that's what the UFC like to do Yeah, yeah. Um, but it'd have to be a bigger performance than Overeem's just done at the weekend so I, I think the winner of this weekend will fight Overeem in New York up, up near the top of the bill, potentially even the headliner. As a as a UFC expert, do you read too much in to uh, Struve's performance at the weekend against Bigfoot? Who, let's be honest, over his last last time out, I think he was knocked out in two minutes. Yeah, time before it, I think he was knocked out in three minutes. It's damaged goods. Yeah, he's just been knocked out in sixteen seconds against Stefan Struve, who himself has had a terrible time over the last two yeah. years. Let's be straight. Do you look too much into it, or do you think to yourself, Struve's back in the mix? Well, you've got to put Struve back in the mix, because, he, you know, regardless of what's happened to Bigfoot or Struve in recent times, if you look at the people who they've been, who they've lost to, they've never lost to anybody outside the top 15, I think it mm. is. So, even though it, even though he's beat Bigfoot, and Bigfoot's on a bit of a bad roll right now, Bigfoot is still ranked in top 15, so Struve has legitimised his place in the top 10, if you like. So, so yeah, I think he's definitely back in the mix, you know, I, what I think who would be a good opponent for him potentially Arlovsky would be a, a big a good p- opponent for Struve because Arlovsky two fights ago was the next contender yeah. uh, now he's coming off the back of two defeats you know it, for Bigfoot I don't know I think B- Bigfoot's got to go and, 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 have a, and have a word with himself you know maybe I'd take a break and uh, and see where he goes from here because when you're getting knocked out early in the fashion he is that's the good, another good thing about the UFC is you know, Chuck Liddell was the cash cow of the UFC yeah. for so many years, but he got knocked out a couple of times. I think it was the third time in succession or whatever. He lost a couple by knockout, and Dana White just said, that's it, you're done. And he's done that before. He will retire people himself. He will just say, no, you're done. You, you, you don't want to take any more damage. And unfortunately, Bigfoot's fishing in those grounds right now. Listen, I've been covering this game for 16 years, and I've learned a long time ago never to say people should be retiring because it's completely a fighter's own decision and their family's decision but Bigfoot 
certainly looks like he he's should on the uh, cusp of it. He should have a quiet wage, yeah. You know, there's more to life, isn't there? Uh, talk to me about Gunnar Nelson. Oh, Gunny. You know what? I'll uh, I'll little shout out to the show that I did for uh, UFC and BT Here Sports. Here he is. I knew we'd get onto the when, TV. Uh, when I predicted doing the UFC Rotterdam breakdown. And uh, I said on there, I, I picked this fight out. I said, Gunny Nelson, Albert Tumanov. Gunny was going into it as the underdog because Tumanov was on such a hot streak. Surprising in itself, that, isn't it? Yeah, but Gunny has lost two of his last three fights. Mm. You know, okay, he's Connor's sparring partner. And to be honest, we knew about Gunny kind of before we knew about Connor because yeah. he signed for the UFC before Connor did. You know, so we knew Gunny was this big superstar from Iceland that had moved to New York and trained with the Gracie family and got his black belt off Henzo Gracie in New York. And then he'd come back and he'd fought on Cage Warriors and then he got signed by the UFC. So we always knew this cool exterior Icelandic welterweight was a superstar of the future. Connor came along and obviously Connor, Steen, not only Gunny, but Connor ran over everybody in terms of being the biggest star in the sport. But in the meantime, Gunny lost his way. He lost two fights against good guys but lost two of his last three as I say the pressure was badly on in this yeah, fight yeah. if he'd have lost to Tumanov he'd have tumbled right down the welterweight division you'd started saying well is he in the right weight class what's he going to do maybe he should stick to jiu-jitsu you know all them questions would have come in so to handle Tumanov the way he did to finish him the way he did blitzed him dominated the fight completely dominated threw him on the floor this is a guy with ace sambo skills Tumanov as well you know he's no mug in grappling Got him down, choked him out. Statement victory for me for Gunny Nelson. And, uh, you know, Gunny's back. Back in the game, man. Roger. Back in the game. UFC 198 this weekend. We go to Brazil. Oh, la, 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 la. I might even have to put a musical interlude in there. No, <laughs> sack it. My singing's good enough. It's staying in the podcast, okay? Uh, Samba Beats. The Samba Beats, let me tell you. Um, stadium fight. First one. First stadium fight ever in Brazil. Curitiba. Brazil. It shows how good this card is. The greatest of all time. Well, let's talk about the card, man. In many people's opinion, Anderson Silva. The greatest of all time. He's third down the list. He's third on there. He's third. He's third on. He's not even co-main events. He's third on. That's how good the card is. Anderson Silva, obviously, the last time we saw him was in London against yeah. Bisping. And I, put, I called that. I called Bisping. Anyway, let's move on. Let's not start, let's not talk about me calling stuff right and wrong. Actually, <laughs> I just thought that. I just thought, yeah, you probably called two this year. So let's just move on. Yeah. But fantastic for the Brazilian fans to obviously have one of yeah. their own. He's from Curitiba as well. Fantastic. I, I can't remember. I don't. You know, I'd have to check his record. But anyway, I, I can't remember if he's ever fought in Curitiba. You know, since he got into the UFC, I'm, I'm sure he hasn't. He fought in the UK for a spell mm. before that. So you're probably looking at least ten years since he's fought back in Brazil and Curitiba, so... I know the kid that he's fine, he's half decent, he's yeah. your hole, he's a good fighter. He is. Jamaican lad. However, um, you've got to fear for him when Anderson Silva's fighting you in his own backyard. Yeah, of course, because Anderson wants to put a statement now. Well, he needs to. He needs to after the Bisping fight. Otherwise, people will be showing him the uh, the big R card as well, because after losing to Bisping, uh, on the back of the losses to Chris Weidman, obviously, as well, and... Mm. You know, it's uh, he's in the latter stages of his career. He, he he appreciates that. The thing with Uriah Hall is, he's like the new version of Anderson Silva. Yeah, yeah, very similar in stature, aren't they? Completely, yeah. Very long, very much a striker. Loves his spin and kicks, and you know, if you watch Uriah Hall at his best, he looks like Anderson Silva at his best. The only thing, the only problem with Uriah Hall is he's not consistent enough. Yeah. He's lost a couple of fights. He's lost about seven, isn't he? Yeah, it, in it's, his, it's in his weird. MMA career, not necessarily. In, in throughout UFC. his whole career, yeah, but he's lost a couple in the UFC now, and he either either blows incredibly hot or incredibly cold. There's no middle ground with him, mm. and unfortunately, if he turns up and looks at Anderson Silva across the octagon and goes, "Wow, me idol, Anderson Silva," 
then the next thing he remembers he's will going. be the blue flashing lights. That flying knee's coming his way, isn't it? But if he thinks, I've got a, you know, this is this is an opportunity for you to see Raya Hall. If he can stop Anderson Silva, which he's more than got the ability to do, if he stops Anderson Silva and kills the team, and then that throws him right up the rankings, mm. you know, and as I say, it opens the door for Anderson, really, for a bit of a farewell. But it's an incredible fight. It's a good fight. Real crossroads fight for, for both guys for completely the opposing reasons, so... What about the uh, the main event? We alluded to it earlier on uh, that the winner of this will be on the uh, New York card, probably taking on Overeem, as you alluded to, that he has been promised that fight. Yeah. Um, Vadum, the champ, against uh, Stipe Miocic. Last time we saw Miocic in there, he was absolutely yelling at Dana White, listen, yeah. I want my shot, I want my <laughs> no, shot. He, yeah. ne- he nearly tore the bumming cage down. He was yeah. that bumming red. He got up. it. Uh, well, he was a, if you remember, this was originally uh, UFC 196. We all the Velasquez situation, people pulling out of fights dead quick on each other, and yeah. therefore this didn't happen at UFC 196. Miocic took it and Vadum pulled out about yeah. three hours later or That's something. That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because somebody's hurt the foot, oh, I'm not ready for it, and all this type of stuff. Well, yeah. I'm injured as well. All right, mate. Yeah, so you just bricking it. You exactly. Need a little yeah. bit more preparation. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just say that? Say, yeah. Listen, I'm, I need to. I need at least yeah. ten weeks for this, lads. Exactly. Why don't you just say that? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> UFC 198. It is on. It's Brazil. It's happening uh, this Saturday. These boys are going toe to toe. Stephen Miocic has been brilliant recently, hasn't he? He has. He's been brilliant. Yeah, he's a, he's probably the best. Him and Junior de Santos, I'd say, are the best boxers in the heavyweight division. So his, his hands are going to be far better than Vadum. Vadum's ground game is, is, I would say, the best in the heavyweight division. He's a multi-time jiu-jitsu gold medalist. Um, and if you look at his resume, the people he's submitted, Fedor and Big Nog and, you know, just just a, a cavalcade of legends. Um, so Vadum, if it hits the ground, it's Vadum's world while it's standing up. You could argue it's Miocic as well. But then Vadum has also come on leaps and bounds with his Mai Tai mm. under Rafael Cadero. You know, he's won the last couple of fights with flying with knees and elbows and knocked out Mark Hunt and whatever else. So it's uh, it's another cracking fight. It's the best fight in the heavyweight division right now. These are the two best heavyweights in the world right now. You don't now, anticipate so. this going 25 minutes, do you? Well, you know me, Adam. I'll, I'll you don't say, make predictions I'll anymore. Say, I'll say no, it won't go 25 minutes, which means it definitely will. <laughs> so anyone listening to the podcast, have a bet on it going a distance, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it will. The thing is about heavyweights, nine times out of ten, it doesn't go the distance. Yes, okay, the odd one stinks it out every now and again. Yeah. But, like we saw at the weekend, flipping it. You, they only need to land once, and they exactly. land once and it's game on. Exactly. And uh, as you say, we've seen that at the weekend with Stefan Struve. Doesn't matter what time is on the clock, if one of these guys lands clean, mm. it's game over. For me, I think Vadum has probably got. He needs to land a couple of shots to finish fights, really. He hasn't really got, even though knockout the size, I mean, he hasn't got one, one shot yeah. knockout power. He's more than likely going to knock you down, jump on you, and submit you. But my Ochich has probably got a little bit more like one knockout, one punch knockout power. You yeah. know, if he lands clean, it could go. Listen, this heavyweight, this UFC heavyweight belt, I think nobody in history has defended it more than twice successively. Even back was in it, the day, was, Randy Couture and all that. And Vadum, this is his second defense. So he won the fight. He won the belt. Then he beat Kane. Yeah, this is his second defence. Yeah, because he was on for Velasquez part two, wasn't he? That's it? right, yeah, yeah. If he wins this, then he's got to be, win the next one to make history, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. To so defend it in New yeah, York. Yeah, but basically, that, I'm just trying to highlight the fact that this uh, UFC heavyweight belt gets passed around a lot and always has done in the 20 years the UFC's been going because, you know, it's just so competitive and there's just so many ways to win and these guys catch you once, it's game over. Another fight on that card, I'm really looking forward to. Vita Belfort versus well, Jack Adesu. second, second like on the list, isn't it? Co-main. Ooh, that is basically an eliminator to fight for the middleweight, middleweight. belt. 
post Rockhold versus Wideman, which, which is, is UFC 199. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, it's, it's all setting up nicely. Uh, Vito Belfort, he is a man in that division. This is number two and number three in the uh, middleweight division. Let's not let's not mess about with it. These boys are going to go, and they're going to go at it. Yeah. Like you said, because it is, in effect, an eliminator. And you would anticipate that New York would be that place that that would happen as well. You, you would think so, yeah. New York, he just kind of like... Yeah, put that title fight on. Yeah, put that title. It's just going to be a whole card of title fights. Mm. But uh, it's a great fight because Jacare is an absolute killer, an absolute killer. Jacare, if you don't know, is his, na- his real name is Ronaldo Souza. Yeah, but his nickname is Jacare, which is alligator in Portuguese, because he's a you know he gets you, he spins you, he twists your arm off, rips you apart. So that's his submission, his jujitsu background. But uh, but he's got fast hands as well, heavy hands. Vita Belfort. After winning the UFC title when he was 19 years of age, and that, you know, that was a, a long time ago now, since he came back into the UFC, he has won or lost every fight by knockout. He's never needed the judges since he came back to the UFC. So either you either get carried out or he gets carried out. That's just the way he is. So this fight categorically, will not go the distance. There you go, 25 minutes of boredom then <laughs> on Saturday night. Nailed on. Um, before we clear off, we have to talk about Mr McGregor. Oh, because the, this is just Floyd. Well, yeah, this is it. Oh they're, my God, they're what's both, going on? They're both posting like Instagram posters on their, on their accounts, insinuating that summit's going to happen. That yeah. in a, boxing only, obviously no mixed martial arts in there, boxing only, Floyd Mayweather will fight Conor McGregor. That is what he's being alluded to. Conor, Mag- uh, Conor McGregor's alluding to it. More importantly, Floyd Mayweather is now alluding to it. He's been on various channels in the States over the last 24 hours saying, yeah, it could happen. Any truth in it for you? Do you want me to tell you a little bit of something as well that I found out regarding the patent, the yeah. patent office? Oh, yeah, I heard about this. In the, in the patent office in America, um, Mayweather Promotions... TMT50, is Yeah, and TBE50. They've, yeah. they've registered... TMT 50 as a yeah. trademark and TBE 50. Bear in mind, Floyd is currently 49 and 0. Yeah, so they're insinuating. We'll allude there's going to be one more fight. 50's coming. Yeah. Yeah, and who is it going to be? Well, everybody's thinking that it might be over here with a, maybe a, a, a Manny Danny Garcia. Pa- or, a Manny Pacquiao comeback yeah. or something like that. Yeah. However, McGregor's over here going, UFC have done me head in over here, Sunshine. Do you fancy coming to make a billion dollars over here? <laughs> yeah, all right, let's do it, man. Listen, the only way... Listen, this ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. Do you reckon? It ain't gonna Both happen. Both of these dudes absolutely love money, man. How much would Connor have to pay the UFC to allow him to fight outside of his contract? Because they don't let they don't allow people to fight outside of their contracts. They don't, and he's contracted to the UFC. He, he may be able to swing a jiu-jitsu match on a Metamorphos or one of these tournaments, which some of the guys do. Mm. But no fighter contracted the UFC has ever gone and had a professional boxing match. Yeah, but this is Connor's world. He lives. He does what he wants. So. So the U- so he would have to pay the UFC then. He would have to pay the UFC a slice of the pie. He might have to say to the UFC and go, right, I've sat down with Floyd, we're going to make 500 million from this fight, he's going to have 300 million, I'm going to have 200 million, I'm going to pay you 100 million to, get, to, to allow me to have it. That's the only way it could happen, because the UFC own his ass. They own him. They can do what they like. Look at Vandalay Silver, he fell out with the UFC, they didn't release him, they went, no, he got a contract, tough, he can't fight anyway then. And he had to go back and beg them to le- release his contract. He still hasn't fought. Connor's tied to a contract with the UFC, so it can't happen without the UFC's consent. The UFC may go, okay, we'll do a joint promotion. Mayweather doesn't do joint promotions. Mm. Mayweather's tied to, tied to Showtime in America or HBO or whatever deal he will go and get for his one fight. UFC have got a long-standing deal with Fox Sports. So... 
There's a billion hurdles to cross before we even fantasise about it. And then, even if we cross all them hurdles, Adam, even if it, even if somehow the stars align, the UFC are happy, Floyd's happy, Connor's happy, everyone's making a fortune. Mayweather will fucking destroy him. <laughs> We're talking about a guy with zero professional boxing experience <laughs> fighting the greatest fighter of this generation. Dare to be great, Nicholas. What's up oh, with you, come man? on. There's dare, dare to, to be, be great. great. And then there's dare to be ridiculed. Why would Floyd Mayweather... The, the only reason this is alive is money. This The only reason we're talking about it is because money talks and both these guys love money more than anything else. But listen, Floyd would taint his legacy by fighting Conor McGregor in his 50th fight. That's a fact. Look at Floyd Mayweather's record he's fought throughout his career across about four weight divisions. He's for the best of that time and he's beat them and he's beat them handsomely. Stop pissing on my bonfire. So if you then have his 50th fight, it's his happening. final Tom, legacy fight Tom, it's happening. against a guy that's never had a professional boxing match. Come on, let's listen, see he went, Listen, he went to WWE and fought the big show. Yeah. That's what he did. <laughs> if he could do that, he could take on Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's so, registered well, the trademark. Well, there you go. Maybe they'll do something with the WWE. Maybe. That that was the only way I could see it happening. Because it ain't, it ain't happening in MMA because Connor rips them apart. And yeah. it ain't happening in the boxing ring because, let's be honest, Floyd would absolutely play with him. He would play with him. And he mm. would... And he would. I, I just can't see Conor McGregor landing a single punch. I really can't. It, I, why, are they, why are they talking about it? I get Connor because Connor's, you know, he's... Ego. Is, is the relationship with the re- UFC splintered a little bit at the moment? I'm not saying it's broke down far from it. It's too much money at stake. But it's kind of splintered at the moment. He's had his nose pushed out because they've said no. Cascoke, well, they're talking you know, about UFC it because 200. they're not the headline at the moment. So they're he's not the headline, are they? Neither no, of them are the headline. Nobody's talking about them really for what they are brilliant at. But I love the way May- it's, it's the fact that Mayweather's come out and gone, yeah, could happen. It's like... You, Floyd has hated the MMA for years he's, and he's turned his nose up at Conor Floyd, McGregor Floyd for years. Floyd is knowing full well he's having a 50th fight, right? And this is the start of his publicity trade, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, maybe he is, so. He is, he, he's registered those trademarks. Everybody's like going, oh, here we go. Listen, the only reason why we know about that trademarks is probably one of his team have leaked it. That's yeah, the reason. Of course. So all these things starts to build up. Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Then he'll get on Twitter and he'll start to pull off. Who shall I fight? Shall I fight Canelo again? Or shall I fight Amir Khan, the guy that got sparked out? Yeah. Or shall we do Manny Pacquiao? Or what do you reckon of Conor McGregor? Everybody will go, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. And then he'll just go over here and says, oh, I'm going to fight Berto again. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why are you doing that? That's what he does, doesn't he? He builds up yeah. that interest that way. It's intriguing. It's intriguing. And you know what? From a fan's perspective, obviously, I hope it happens because it'd just be bonkers. Oh, it'd yeah. be a freak show. It'd be, it'd be it would be the biggest thing in fight sports. It would be the biggest thing in fight sports. But from a <clears throat> excuse me, professional perspective, it's not sense. even competitive. No, it's not even competitive. Whichever way you look at it, yeah. if it's MMA, if it's boxing, if it's some kind of weird hybrid, it's not competitive at all. Best boxer of this generation against you know. A superstar from mixed martial arts. It's not happening. It's got Randy Couture versus James Tony written all over it in reverse. Next time with the Fight Disciples. David Hay is back in the ring May 21st against the geezer that we can't even pronounce. <laughs> so we're going to call him the Cobra because I believe that that is his nickname. <laughs> I am led to believe uh, that David Hay will be joining us at some point next week for a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a yeah. catch-up. It'll be great to have him on, and obviously we'll get his thoughts on the current situation in the heavyweight division. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, uh, therefore you'll never miss out on any of our exclusive content. See you next week in a bit. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard... 
subscribe via iTunes.